G'day listeners and welcome back to another week of the Keeper League podcast. Uh, we've just finished round 15. My name is Hef. I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Very well Hef. Just sitting here drinking a few of, uh, oh, not, I wouldn't know if it's SA's finest, but a few Cooper's uh, session ales. Delicious drop, you know, just yeah. sharing the love around. Yeah, something but a bit more, not as fancy, but... Uh, just still waiting on someone to sponsor the pod. Yeah, really, you know, if any any beer companies want to get on board, uh, we generally have a drink on Tuesday night while we do this, and uh, yeah. And we're willing to sell our souls, really. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sell, free beer, hey. Sell a lot less for beer, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, just in case you've never listened to us before, we're the Keep League Podcast and we focus on the lesser knowns, the diamonds in the rough, so to speak, and uh, we kind of ignore the uh, the superstars and just talk mm-hmm. about people who are relevant to your Keep Leagues. Yep. We usually start off with the breaking news, so Kays, what's the, uh, what's the news this week? Yeah, well, it's been uh, bad news if you're a ruckman, really, this week, uh, a few injuries to the big guys. Tommy Bell Chambers uh, went down on Thursday night for the Dons and probably looks like a pretty even swap swap for uh, Zach Clark there, even though Bell Chambers is much better uh, ruckman than he is. But uh, I suppose the only other options that Essendon have really is to, to ruck big Buckets McKernan, but uh, he's a match winner now, so he needs to stay <laughs> forward. I don't know. Buckets was uh, right in the ruck on the weekend. Yeah, I think. But, you know, like with, with, with Essendon having uh, Danaher not playing and stuff like that, I think yeah. they kind of need uh, Danaher, uh, Buckets sorry, to stay home and, uh, yeah, put Clark up for slaughter. That's Sean McKernan for those who don't know the uh, nicknames. Because he's got... The best hands, bar what <laughs> Harry McCain, uh, Aaron Norton, really, bar about so. twenty other guys in the comp. But, hey, uh, mate, <laughs> game-winning goal on the weekend. It was inspirational stuff. All right, Callum Sinclair. He uh, dislocated his shoulder not once but twice. Case. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do we think could replace him? Well, if Michael Noll doesn't get picked, which is the guy that uh, they plucked out of South Adelaide in the mid-season draft, it's really just an absolute joke of a thing because isn't this the reason they brought him in to play him because they knew Cameron was injured and they knew that Naismith was a while off I know he might still be a bit raw I think he's you know mid-20s he's not like a like a real string bean spring chicken kind of guy so the whole season the whole point of the mid-season draft in my point of view is to kind of stock up on people that you need to push yeah. forward this season so if you're not playing him it's an absolute waste I think clubs have kind of used it as a bit of a stash kind of method a mid-season stash and maybe because they can keep him for the next season as well I understand so you grab them on there so I, I know it goes against the actual reasoning for it but uh, you know if Noel doesn't get picked what about mm. Alir Alir he uh, could be a, if he does like actually ruck full-time mm. Sydney, that could be a huge boost to his uh, fantasy stocks. Yeah. As a defender, we could see him, you know, easily averaging 80-ish if uh, he comes out. So, for a defender, that's pretty handy. Well, if he fronts up against Zach Clark on Saturday, he could easily turn up. 150. Basically, they should just, like, not play any Ruckman, either Essendon or Sydney, and just throw the ball up and have four on ballers. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I've, I've said that we should, uh, you know, many clubs should actually do that because it uh, probably make no difference. Like in minis and moddies and Oz kicking stuff, <laughs> oh, you just throw the ball up and then a million people just flock to the ball. Not even uh, not even that. Just look at uh, Richmond a couple of years ago, won a flag without having a second Ruckman, just a guy standing there waiting to rove it. Basically. So, you know, here's a plausible, uh, hmm. plausible theory. Uh, the Big Bear, Brad. Braden Sire got knocked out on the weekend. He's a bit iffy to get up. I don't think he will with the concussion symptoms. So, surely it probably just means uh, James Aish comes back in. He was a late out, but sure, Matty Scharenberg uh, get his start. Um, Otherwise, maybe Billy Elliott might be another one who pops into that side. Yeah, I don't think they'll go with a pure mid because they've got, what, six others to Mm -hmm. rotate through there. So, it might actually be good for Dugowie or someone like that. It might actually start scoring half decent again as well. Might give him a bit of a run in there, which would be nice. I would like that a lot. Uh, Caleb Daniel, I think he's out for about a month. So... um, 
Uh, probably the easy fix there is to bring back Magic McLean, uh, Toby McLean, who's been dropped for a couple of weeks. Uh, probably the best um, player at the Dogs not getting game, I would think. He should be coming straight back in, but probably freeze up, uh, you know, a Krizia or someone like that. What uh, about Bailey Williams? I would hope so, but uh, I think I'll talk about that a bit later, but... Um, Rock Smith said on the weekend in the mid in the post game interview that him and Williams are playing wings. So I do like Bailey Williams as a half back flanker, but um, hopefully it does because uh, I need Bailey Williams to do something this year. All right, and Kaze, you're a little bit upset that Charlie Kerner, your man, is uh, out. Yes, he cost me a game on the weekend with his nine points. Oh, all that's I needed, what cost it was. All it? I needed was basically him to score thirty, and I would have won. But There's nothing uh, to do the rest of the trash on your side that couldn't perform. Hey, I'm scraping through a team at the moment. You know, giving uh, guys like the likes of Ben Patton a run in the in the ones. It's great for morale at the moment. I don't know what he looks like. Who, Charlie Kerner? No, Ben Patton. Uh, he just looks like a future <laughs> Jet. Uh, keep an eye out for him. Uh, but yeah, I thought uh, Harry Mackay might come back in, but apparently he is still one week away. I'm going a bit left field here. Could Hugh, Good, Hugh Goddard come in? The guy I was big raps on in the preseason. They probably need another tall hot, uh, Goddard to go back, potentially freeze up Weedering or someone else to pinch it forward a bit. Uh, I don't know. You do realise this podcast is to find uh, points, like fantasy points for people. Mm. So, like, he might come in, maybe, mm. but he's not going to do anything fantasy-wise. So but he might point. play. He might play. So, so who cares? Someone surely, might need him. Surely you've got someone on your bench who can already score you 20 points. Well, it was basically, uh, who, I don't know who I had on my bench <laughs> on the weekend, Jordan Gallucci or, you know, someone like that. You know, people are scraping this time of year, Hef, especially with the injuries. I'm not, I've got my full team for the first time this year. I'm it's back. Because you've got a horrible team. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I don't really know what's going to go with Carlton, but um, surely Chris or maybe um, Cunningham might come in there and uh, fill up some spots if they don't need another tall. And Max Gorn has a bit of a sore ankle. Yeah, he does. Uh, probably dented a few coaches' scores on the weekend with um, Gorn potentially captain and etc. So if he doesn't come up, you would assume Braden Proust just comes straight in and yep. um, probably gets a big, big score as well, I think. I think I'm the only AFL fantasy player without Max Gorn in the side, so I'm looking forward to uh, not wasting a trade this week like mm. usual. Yeah, it's good. It's good. All right, let's move on to the round rewind. All right, on to the round rewind where we recap all the games and uh, dig through all the garbage and see if we can find any decent keeper league players uh, that performed well on the weekend or anyone that underperformed or anything that's relevant to our league. So, Kays, take it away. As a Bombers man, you watched the Essendon versus uh, GWS game? Yes, and on a side note, the only thing that was more exciting about this win was the Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody song that's come out. <laughs> uh, at Palace, if you guys haven't seen it, I'm sure you're all over it because you're footy nuffies like us, but... Dear Lord, that song is amazing. Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody playing footy. Just get on board. Anyway, uh, the Dons, uh, thanks to Shawnee McKernan, a big, big win against uh, Premiership favourites. So, surely the Dons are now Premiership favourites, I think. But um, uh, but anyway, Kyle Langford, another solid game from him. 95 points, uh, seven tackles, 21 touches. And he was just around the ball a lot uh, on Thursday night. He was um, always sniffing around. Uh, I just think he's going to be a very, very good uh, dream team scorer long term. Um, I think... He's just still kind of finding his feet this year um, and he obviously gets a few opportunities with, you know, Smith, etc. injured. Um, but I think he uh, he might not be the quickest or best, but I think he's just going to be one of those guys who scores well. Uh, Shawnee McKernan, keep going on with this uh, chat about the big boy, 92 and basically was the match winner, probably got 500 super coach points with that goal at the end. Um, but I reckon we could 
see a massive bump with his scoring with Tom Bell Chambers out. You talked about it before. I do think Zach Clark will come in, but it does mean that Sean McKernan will probably shoulder a bit more of the, the ruck duties. He did have 19 hitouts on Thursday nights with two snags and eight grabs, and we all know the grabs are big scorers. So he has been much maligned uh, and up and down, but I think, you know, for the next month while Bell Chambers is out, we could actually see a bit of a bump in Shawnee Mac's numbers. Yeah, especially if he plays a lot more ruck time. Uh, it could be a decent scorer there. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Francis, he scored 73 and probably had his best game of the season. Uh, he had a bit of an interesting game. There was plenty that he did well and plenty that he did was a bit average, I thought. So I'm just not sure where he's at yet. I think he'd do, need to do a bit more and probably retain his spot for the rest of the season before you kind of get too excited. We know he had that amazing game against Port uh, in the final round of last year and everyone got excited and hyped about that. The one good game he's ever had, ever. Yeah, and it was a great game. <laughs> it's like the Tom Boyd, uh, you know, grand final. Uh, but yeah, he's. Uh, I just want to watch him a bit more. I still think he has some fantasy ability. He's just, uh, he can be a bit up and down. Uh, Marty Gleeson, the last bomber we'll talk about here, he was solid enough on his return for his uh, 45 points. Look, was obviously never going to dominate. Uh, first game back after like hundreds and hundreds of days. Um, and he was really on the verge of being a consistent scorer before his bad injury. So he's only 24. Uh, I'd like to monitor him for the rest of this season and see what he can kind of do. The, the Dons have a few good halfbackers at the moment with, you know, Redmond, Saad, uh, the likes of those guys. So interesting to see what kind of role he slots into there. There, but, you know, look, probably a year ago, he was on the verge of, you know, being a, a decent Batman. I just see what happens when he comes back now. Is Marty Gleason related to Tom Gleason, who gave the best Logies acceptance speech of all time? Uh, I would assume he's his brother or something like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sure everyone's related with the name Gleason. There wouldn't be that many, you know, nah. Irish descendants here in Australia. Not a lot. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson, uh, he bounced back well with his 82 on the weekend. The big guy is just at his best when he's marking and um, looking through his stats, you can see a big correlation between when he takes grabs and those good scores. I just think as a, a back forward, he's a great option. Uh, I think he's hopefully returned to form for the rest of this season. So if you are looking for someone who you can stream in or just has a bit of versatility back and forward, I think he's a great option. Heading forward, I think he's probably going to be a forward only option next year in uh, Ultimate or, or yeah, Fantasy. So just probably keep that in mind if you are thinking about him long term. Brady Delidio, he was very solid, uh, 77 on Thursday. Um, he hasn't scored anything lower than a 63 this year and a 93 is his best. So we did talk about him a bit in the preseason about those guys who, you know, you, uh, especially if you're hunting a flag who you just need consistent scores from, you don't want them to drop out. They may never score massively higher, but if you're hitting around that, you know, uh, high 70s, mid 80s as your, you know, last mid or last defender or last forward or whatever, they're good value. So he might be a nice little buy low uh, come into finals time if you are hunting a flag. Uh, DPP mid forward, so just handy enough to, to have in your side. Just want to stash on your bench in case someone does get injured or something like that and you just need to rely on someone who could pull out a half-decent score on grand final day. Correct, and I've saved the best to last. Jackson Haightley, boy, oh boy, do I love this guy. 69 points from only 63% time on ground. He's going to be an absolute pig uh, when he gets a bit bigger and gets a bit of a run at it. Five tackles and 13 touches. I just absolutely love this kid. Um, if you can, get on board. Yeah, I'm excited to see not only him, but Jai Coldwell as well. So he was talked up even more than Haley preseason, not really from a fantasy perspective, but more so from a football perspective. But those two, if they can, well, Haley, if he can crack a spot in the side, and then also Coldwell as well. I think uh, JDS have done really well with the, their draft last year, and hopefully there can be a few fantasy stars to go along with it. And if Canelio does leave at the end of the season, it just uh, opens up some big spots for um, Haley and probably Perryman too. So uh, exactly. look out there. All right, on to the 
Friday night game, Geelong versus Adelaide Crows at GMHBA Stadium. Uh, we'll start with the Crows. Uh, Paul Seisman, 100 points, uh, 28 disposals and two goals. He had 89 uh, last game. So, I don't know, Kays, do you reckon he's finding some form? Uh, yeah, he's uh, definitely slotted in nicely, you know, since he's come back from injury this year. I've always kind of rated him as a footballer. He's a good halfback flanker. He did some good things at Collingwood before he got traded. Um, the Crows are a bit up and down at the moment and uh, teams are tagging Smith and Laird and the types of that, which kind of frees up Seisman to use the ball a bit more. Yeah. And he's good because he gets a bit more forward and he has been kicking a few goals in recent uh, weeks. So. Well, he's generally lines up on the wing this season mm. more so than the back line. So that, I reckon, that's hindered his scoring more. But I know it seems like he's finding a bit more of a... You know, a bit, bit of pace on the uh, on yeah. the wing and learning to play the role a bit better. I do dislike his versatility and he does use the ball very well. So, I think he's going to be one that the Crows go through a lot um, and, will, yeah, I think can uh, see some good scores for the rest of the year. Uh, Rory Atkins had 95 from 24 touches and eight marks. Uh, he's another reliable mid, kind of like what we just said about uh, Delidio before, maybe a bit more reliable than that, but just someone that you could have as your, your last mid uh, in the side and it will, mm-hmm. will come off your bench if you need him. He's had 127 last week and he's averaging 85 this season, which from memory is probably career so, yeah. Uh, yeah, another handy option there. Probably getting, you know, well, he's probably snapped up in most leagues. So I don't know if he'd be too relevant for this podcast, but worth mentioning, I think. Uh, Jordan Clark had 96 from 23 disposals. Pushed up the ground a bit more and uh, kicked a goal this week too. So, that was his best game of the year. And he just really showed what he's capable. For Jordan Clark, though, I still think it's a bit early. He's never really done anything of note fantasy-wise in juniors um, or, you know, even coming into this year. There wasn't a real talk about him in terms of, you know, high possession kicks, all that sort of stuff. Quality, the stuff get, quality. Yeah player. Yeah. Exactly. The stuff that you get uh, you know, decent fantasy scores from. So, a lot of people are going nuts over him this week, mm. but I reckon just call your jets for a little bit because I'm not 100% sold he's going to be, you know, a super reliable fantasy scorer. I would like to see the rest of the season and probably next year. I think he might be one that is a real third year breakout uh, yeah. candidate, especially in a Geelong side where there's plenty of good players still around him. Uh, Jed Buse had 93 from eight disposals and uh, he kicked a goal. Um, it's a bit of a comeback game for mm. him. Uh, he was great across halfback, uh, but he's never averaged more than 52. So, was this flash in the pan or has he turned a corner? It's probably too early to tell from one game back. Yeah. But he's yeah, he's always seemed to be one that's been talked about as having, you know, footy potential and has always been a bit uh, luckless with injuries and that kind of thing. So, it'd be interesting to see if he gets a bit of a run at it. You know, he's pushed out or not pushed out, but he's grabbed a spot ahead of um, Scott Selwood, etc. So, yeah. you know, it might be um, Geelong giving back a bit of faith that they've showed in him over some years. So, might yeah. be one to monitor for sure. Yeah, he's made it to my watch list. So, good. We'll have a look at him. Uh, Lockie Fogarty, not uh, Fogarty, Fogarty. Is that John's son? Uh, yes, from Credence. Yes. Um, uh, he only had 55 points on the weekend, so nothing you know, to really write home about. But uh, had some decent midfield time. So before the game, Chris Scott was actually saying, uh, I can't remember, I think it was Lingy interviewing him saying, oh, he's uh, coming to play forward. And he's like, no, we've actually brought him in to play midfield. Okay. And uh, didn't play heaps of time in the gut. Sorry, didn't play a lot of time on ground. And But from the time he was on ground, he spent a lot of time in the midfield. So mm-hmm. just someone to watch over the next few, few weeks. You know when you get a low score and you kind of write them off? Yep. Don't just yet because the rollout. Actually looked okay. Good. Uh, Hawthorne on West Coast, half your game. What do you got for me? Uh, yeah, Jarman Impey, he had 89 points from 21 disposals. He had five tackles in those uh, numbers as well to kind of boost the score. Continues his hot and cold form, though. He's still only a streamer for mine. He's worth mentioning for his performance in this game, but uh, for me, he's still not really high on my watch list. And there's no one really else to talk about from Hawthorne in this game. It was a bit of a scrappy game, really wet in the MCG, and uh, yeah, it's pretty putrid. So I've got a couple West Coast Eagles players to talk about. Uh, Jack Darling kicked 100 five points uh, sorry 
I scored 105 points, kicked five goals. Uh, still a yo-yo though, and another key position forward who's having a fall from grace at the moment. We kind of mm. talked about this last week. Had guys kind of pop up. He's another one that's had really only the one good season, and then you know referred to type afterwards. So just be wary of those types. Uh, Tom Hickey and Nick Natnui, just the ruck combo there. They both scored for mid-70s, but both players had the two lowest time on ground beside Hutchings who got injured. So um, they weren't – they were rotating a lot, basically, like for like in the mm-hmm. ruck. So it's going to be interesting to see whether Hickey remains in the side and what this does for Nick Nat's numbers as well. So I could see West Coast going with just Nick Nat as the ruck and using Oscar Allen as a backup ruck. Um, he's been doing that a bit more in the last few weeks. So, yeah, it could be bad for anyone who relies on Hickey as a, as a ruck score for him because he can be a decent score every now and then but I'm not sure whether he's going to hold his spot what do you think Case? Well we're still what two months away from finals really so I think that um, West Coast would be crazy just to pull Hickey out straight away and you know leave it all yeah. with Nick Nack. I no, think I'm thinking the, maybe in the next month though. Yeah, I think you probably got, yeah, I think you probably got a month of the duo or you know whether it's Hickey or Vardy or whoever else and yeah. then once you get to that point and you know Oscar Allen has looked quite handy as a player um, for much of the season so um, Nick Nat will probably yeah take most of the load. They did win the flag with uh, two rucks last year so they do don't mind that that formula um, but yeah it'll be interesting to see and I, I think as we touched on last week it was going to be a bit of a warning as you know we're not going to see any great um, scores come out of West Coast Ruck this year because you know because of the you know basically too many mouths to feed in the in that one ruck spot. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to the Sydney Swans versus Gold Coast Suns match, case. Yes, so I'll kick off with the Swans. Uh, Georgie Hewitt rucks up his third ton for the season. Uh, 12 tackles, which uh, always gets the job done when we're talking about big scores and is his biggest strength. So I reckon uh, he's just going to keep going and going because he's going to take over that Sydney midfield. I am a big fan, but yeah, this season he has been mixing up those good scores and bad, but uh, he's definitely on my 2020 radar and I think he can go that next level and we do love those tackle numbers and those numbers never go away. Uh, A good tackler is a good fantasy player. Uh, heading into my next player, it's your boy, Heffy, Jordan Dawson. My man. He's having a really great season and is a super talent. Um, look, he's 22, so he's uh, done his knee for apprenticeship well and truly. And I think uh, if you are looking at players to kind of pencil in next year or uh, see if you can kind of get cheap or for not too much, he's one I'm looking forward for next year. What was interesting is we saw um, Lloyd stink it up. He was taking a lot of kickouts. And I don't know what this actually means because he was wasn't really playing in defence, but he would go down there and take that kick out because I guess he's, he's a pretty reliable, uh, got a re- reliable leg. Mm-hmm. But uh, could he be a sneaky chance at DPP if he spends enough time there? But the thing is, he'll pop up forward and take a grab as well and mm-hmm. kick a goal and all that sort of stuff. He can just do anything, this guy. I'm planning got one or two more rounds of DPP. Yeah. He's probably not going to get it this year, but there's a mm-hmm. sneaky chance at next season if things keep going the way and they just look at pure numbers. Because when, like, if you play ultimate footy like we do, and they're mm-hmm. the kind of ones that you worry about. But AFL fans, you just look at the time spent at, in parts of the ground at the start of the season. I think it's in 35 percent in a position they mm. get the the dpp mm. so yeah he actually could be a handy pickup if he going forward he might get a defender status to something next season be very handy uh james robotham he had 79 from 73 time on 73 percent time on ground uh it's his most um time on ground this season in his four games that he's played so he had 21 touches and eight tackles another stat we do like the kid's only 18 and he did average 87 in the tack cup last year so uh he shows a bit of potential bit of um scoring prowess i know he scored quite well in the kneeful at times this year so he might be one you want to put in your watch list heading forward swans seem to be giving uh, some of their kids a bit more of an opportunity uh, seeing as their season's not going too well so uh might be one that just kind of gets fast tracked with where the the side's at 
Moving on to the Gold Coast, just basically the same old scores from our friends uh, Anthony Miles, Darcy McPherson and Will Brody. you know, hundreds or 80s there. They're just going to be super consistent scorers for the Gold Coast Suns. So if you are holding on to them, they're going to be fine for the rest of the season. But the guys that don't get as much airtime, Jack Lacocious had his best game of the year. He had 70, uh, 18 touches and seven marks. It's a pretty damn good game for a you know a string bean 18 year old. So I'm still not expecting great things from Lacocious for a couple of years. But I think you know to to show this kind of ability early on in the career is a good sign of things to come. So hopefully we can see a bit more of uh, big games from him this season and, and show that potential. Yeah, it's funny because like I'm you know I'm not a big fan of key forwards, but Lacocious and Blakey. Uh, those two especially. I'm really excited for them going forward. So, mm. yeah, keep your eye on them. Uh, Corey Ellis, he was solid enough again on the weekend with a 73. Uh, 21 touches and only the one tackle. So, a couple more tackles and he kind of really becomes very fantasy relevant. Well, I think he's actually quite good back cover at the moment. I did say that last week. Um, he could be a D5 by the end of the season if he keeps in their side. He should be because they keep having injuries and this, that and the other, the Suns. And does have a bit of talent. So, as a um, back centre DPP, I would be having my eye on Corey Ellis for the rest of 2019. Is he looking likely to retain that back status? Uh, I think so. Yeah, you cool. know he's only played two games, so they're yeah. not going to rip it off him that quickly. We will see a bit more by the end of the, year. the end of the year. We've got a couple of months to have a look at him. Uh, Jesse Joyce, he had eighty five backing up from his eighty eight the week before. Twenty three touches on the weekend. He's just having a nice little patch at the moment. He's averaging seventy four in his last five. Good size. Um, uses the ball pretty well. Just one to monitor for the rest of the year. All right, moving on to Collingwood versus North Melbourne. I didn't see a second of this game because it was on at the same time as a Port game. Oh, so it's me. Yeah. Uh, so, Collingwood, Josh Dacos, he had 83 points and was the replacement for Jaden Stevenson, who did very well in a losing side. So, in looking back, it's his first game of the season, but last year he had one ton and four 70-plus scores from 10 games. So, look, he's only 20, and it could be the opportunity of a lifetime for him, you know, kind of gifted a spot uh, due to Stevenson being an absolute moron. Uh, and the good <laughs> thing is that only 17% owned in, in leagues this season. So, um, and if you look at the scores on the ground, like he uh, smashed Callum Brown, smashed Will Hoskin Elliott and um, uh, Josh Thomas for scores on the weekend. So, look, it just probably shows that, you know, on a losing side, he played pretty well, got n- enough of the ball. So, might be one to kind of uh, float in into your side if you're playing waivers. I There's think. Uh, definitely potential there. Any guy, any kid that can kind of come in a ton up early and then, you know, score reasonably well, yeah. definitely one to look at. Big time. Uh, Matty Schoenberg, we were excited to see him back on the weekend and he had 52 from his 78% time on ground. Uh, 15 touches, zero tackles, will be better for the run. Um, was a late in on the weekend and he should be going again. I think he's a bit of value at 51% ownership. Um, if you do need a Batman, you know, we've seen some good scores from him in the past and some massive scores as well. Uh, so if you do, if you are struggling for a bit of back cover uh, late this year, he might be one you can have a look at. Yeah, if he didn't get injured last year, he'd, I reckon he'd be almost pushing, you know, a, a decent fantasy scorer, like a, def- mm. a definite starter if he wasn't injured. So, yeah, yeah keep your eye on him because he, uh, he's got some potential. Now, North Melbourne, generally a absolute fantasy wasteland case. Yes. And was this the same? Absolutely nothing changed on the weekend. Uh, despite a good win, it was amazing how badly they scored fantasy-wise. So, I'll touch on a couple youngsters. Jai Simpkin, we've talked about him a bit this season. He had 30 touches but only 78 fantasy points, which is crazy. So, zero marks there and five free five this is a tongue twister five freeze against four I don't know five 
Five frees against. Anyway, so he lost 15 points there. T- but, t- uh, today, Junior. Yeah, I know. I felt like a real pleb there. But um, look, he's not a big marker. So if he wants to kind of get uh, that into his game, that's where he can take his pigginess to the next level. You know, we see blokes like Jack McRae, Luke Parker, they get, you know, cheap, cheap kicks and marks around the ground. So if he can add that string to his bow, I reckon Jai Simpkin will be quite a good scorer in the future. And Taron Thomas, so a uh, much hyped uh, high draft pick from last year. He had 69 on the weekend. And he's gone 69, 74, and 64 in his last three, which isn't too shabby, you know, for a young player in uh, the North Melbourne side who don't score. He's got fantastic tackle numbers this year, which we do love. And I think he's uh, one to keep monitoring because I do have a slimmer of hope uh, for some fantasy potential for next season and beyond. His numbers don't reflect this, but he looks like a fantasy scorer. Yeah. Like he doesn't actually score well, but there's something about him that just looks like he's built for fantasy. Yeah. As much as we look at numbers, there's yeah. also that gut feel <laughs> yeah, element yeah. that comes into players. <laughs> exactly. Well. I reckon he could be okay. There's just a slight slimmer of hope there. All right, Hef, uh, do you want some tissues? No, I'm okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Port Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs. What an absolute shit show. Case, hashtag... Sack Hinkley. Well, I, I played footy on Saturday in basically the coldest conditions I've ever ever been in in my life. I almost had pneumonia, I reckon. So, yep. I feel for any anyone who had to play footy in Adelaide on Saturday, it was horrible. Yeah. Well, this wasn't – well, it was my, fun in my seat. I was undercover. Uh, nice and warm, but it wasn't Drinking fun watching this probably. absolute shit show. Mm. Uh, but one of the positives, I guess, for Port Adelaide uh, was Hamish Hartlett. So, third game back. He had 20 disposals, seven marks. He was kind of gobbling up everything that came in there. And he had 22 kicks as well, which is a really good ratio out of those 28 disposals, only six handballs from them. Uh, hope everyone took my advice uh, and grabbed him while he's available. Yeah, that's if he was available. I think he would have been stashed away in quite a few leagues. Um, I said it last week. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He'll average 80 and he'll be a super handy defender as a result. So, yeah. Watch out for Hamish Hartley going forward. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones, uh, 89 disposals, which was a uh, good fantasy score. 89 disposals. 89 disposals. That's not right. Uh, I was probably <laughs> 89 20. points. It's probably 89 points, sorry. Yep. And it was a good fantasy score. So um, that's better than Tom Rockcliffe in the Sandfall. <laughs> oh, only just. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it was a pretty poor performance in terms of uh, disposal efficiency, though. Only 50%. Uh, emotional call here, but he'd be on the chopping block for mine Classic just because how poor call. he was playing. So, uh, But I don't see. He probably won't get dropped because, uh, you know, we reward meteorology. Mediocrity at Port Adelaide. Uh, on to Sam Gray, uh, 85 points. Another f- um, good fantasy score, but he's another one having the twos next week as well. Just absolutely no impact on the game. <laughs> Connor Rosie, 78 points. Kays, I've just got a question for you. What do you think would be a good trade for uh, Connor Rosie? So how much would you give up for a player? The reason why I'm asking, uh, the owner of Rosie and Ali wanted Boke uh, going forward for Rosie. What's your, uh, what's your uh, opinion there? Look, he's going to be a forward only next year. Yep. Um, so, I think that diminishes his value somewhat. Only slightly, I think. Yeah, but look, he could be a great scorer, but he could also just be a fantastic, you know, 90, 100 scorer, I think, too, at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, It's tough. You know, he's not a Sam Walsh pig. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a, he's a great player already, but uh, I don't know how about his, you know, future scoring potential and his ceiling. It's tough. It's really tough. I know it is hard to pick. Uh, on to the Western Bulldogs. So, Bailey Smith had 108 points, 23 disposals, 14 tackles, uh, 14 handballs, and nine kicks out of those. So, uh, not the ratio we generally like out of a player like this. We want them to be uh, kicking the ball a little bit more. But, Absolute jet. Uh, you can't really complain with uh, 108 points. Nope. Uh, time on ground numbers are rising too. So, hopefully this uh, marks, I guess, a rise in his fantasy numbers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rourke Smith had 91 points uh, and 23 disposals. He looked good, but he's never been a fantasy scorer at any 
level and it's kind of one of those games where I think he just suited the style where he didn't have to be flashy. It was just kind of knocking on the boot and keep going forward. Mm-hmm. His next best score bo- uh, below 91 uh, is 63 and then he's only had like 50s below that. So from his 14 games, never really looked close to being fantasy relevant and I don't think this changes things. Conditions really suited a player of his calibre. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Patrick Lipinski had 80, 80, ugh, 88 dream team points, two fat ladies there. Uh, two goals. Uh, it, was, it was a wet weather game. Um, it was a good score. So, I don't know. This kid is a jet. So, when does he become too good for the podcast, Case? Is 88 points this week, you know, back-to-back hundreds. Is he too good yet or do we give him more uh, time? He's very close to being too good because he hasn't even played, you know, most of the season. He's played yeah. like six games. Six so, games now, yeah. I think we need to keep, you know, pumping him up and really be, you know, the, the future of Patrick Lipinski fan club here. All right, I understand you watched the uh, St. Kilda versus Richmond game. I was at the uh, Book of Mormon in Adelaide, mm, so I did I watch it. Yes, uh, so St. Kilda, Josh Battle. He's becoming a real favourite of mine. He scored 106 in his third ton of the season. He's just a fantastic interceptor. Uh, he had 20 touches and 11 marks. He tackles two. He's a great size. Get on board. Listen to me. You will not be uh, let down. Hunter Clark, thank God. We all knew the kid had some um, pigginess and he had a 91 on the weekend and that's a good start here for me. He's played three games in the, in the ones in a row and I think he should build on that. 23 touches and eight marks there. He's only 28% owned as a backman, and I think that's a serious get on board if you can. I thought he's going to be a 29 breakout, but I think next year's his go. And if he can keep that back status again next year, my oh my, he's going to be a steal in drafts. Uh, Blake Akers, he is just proving such a tease. Um, and probably, to be honest, I think with no Jack Nunes and Dean Kent in the side, probably helped his ability to get a few more points where he has been lacking recently. Still not getting massive time on ground numbers, um, but he has been a bit disappointing as well. So, look, he's one of those guys who didn't do much of a preseason. Um, so, that is a bit of an excuse for his scoring. Uh, I know that the Saints do rate him quite highly. So, I do think if he's, you know, kind of around your keeper cutoff mark, depending on how many you have, I do think he's holding on to. It's going to be a great test to see how he goes for the rest of this season. Um, but I would be holding him at this stage if I was an owner. Yeah, definitely. St. Kilda just need to sort this shit out, work yeah. out where players' best roles are and things like that. And get a fit team because, you know, maybe an, got, maybe yeah. a new coach too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Ken maybe. Hinckley's available next season, St. Kilda. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and Ken Hinckley's number is awful. Um, Callum Wilkie, he had a 70 on the weekend. He's now knocked up three 70s in a row. Uh, he's a really good size. He loves to kick and take grabs. Look, he's one of those guys who's never going to be a uh, fantasy star, but just has the makings of a reliable backup backman. So, you know, maybe not this year, but if you are, you know, down to your last pick or so and you just need some uh, cover, Wilkie might be the way to go. And as we predicted last week, just a little disclaimer, Dan Han was not at all prolific. He only had 80-odd. Second second half from a spell, it's always tough. So, I think he's got that behind him now. bit more fitness in his belt. He should yep. be right to keep scoring for the rest of the year. Everyone in my redraft uh, league rushed to grab him last week and I went for Anthony Miles, who's available. So, Cha-ching. One step ahead of the game, Case. Correct. Uh, looking at the Tigers, uh, Mabar Chol, he had 106 from only 69% time on ground. That is a huge effort. Uh, 13 kicks, three handballs, nine marks and three sausage rolls. 
Look, I feel he's a bit of a flash in the pan. He's great to watch, um, but I don't know about his longevity in terms of being uh, scoring potential. You know, once Big Nank comes back in, he's not not going to be playing uh, in the ones, I don't think. Sydney Stack, he had 94, and this kid has game all over the field, which he showed on the weekend with four sausage rolls. Uh, 15 touches there, which kind of got him up to that 94. I think there's going to be some inconsistencies with his scoring in 2019, but what I do like is the weekend, uh, show that he's extremely versatile. So, you know, going forward, doesn't really matter where they play him, if it's back or forward, he can be a good scorer. So, um, I do think he's a great investment in the future and I think his DPP back centre status should hold next year. Went undrafted in our league. I think he actually only got picked up after our draft. Yeah, was, so, he's available in our pool. Hmm. And uh, I don't know, he could end up like Tim Kelly where he's, you know, a mature age player coming into a side and just absolutely being a fantasy star. I see flashes of that in him. So, hopefully, uh, yeah, he can do that. So good to watch. Uh, Jackie Graham, 89 from 70% time on ground. Uh, he is a serious fantasy talent and um, has just been building from injury and VFL time. So, he's uh, gone 89, 101 and 70 from 70, 79 and 60. 67% time on ground. So his points per minute are really good. He's a tackling machine in his last three games he's gone 9, 11 and 9 tackles which is just absolutely delicious um, and he's only 61% owned so I think if he can lift that time on ground look out because he might be genuinely pushing 100 points a game Did Cotchman play on the weekend? Yes Okay, mm. cool. That uh, that means you could have actually have a decent look at him Yeah. Uh, Jaden Short, the last Tiger we'll talk about, he had his return game with a solid 72 from 72% time on ground. He's only averaging 58 uh, apparently but he's really averaging 76 because the, the other game he played 25 for the injury or whatever yeah he only um had five percent time on ground yeah. for four points or something like oh, that, that so, was even that yeah, it was it was a real low yeah. um so we expect more i expected more from the outset from this season but obviously that injury setback has just pushed him back i think he's just going to be a fantastic long-term scorer and will keep developing in that side and you know with bashing nearing the end maybe this year next year i think he's just going to be and Point City, probably 2020, 2021. He's only going to get better. Yep. All right, uh, Brisbane versus Melbourne case. Yes, my Lions. uh, And I want to talk about Jared Lyons. So, obviously, he's too good for the pod, but I just want to start talking about a few players where you get to the point of the season in fantasy. You know, there's only about four weeks left for those who aren't making finals, and you've got to start making a few decisions on who's staying on your list and who's going and who's trade potential, et cetera, et cetera. What I've loved about Jared Lyons is after a slow start, he is back. So, he's notched up five. Five tons for the season now, three in his last four games, and he's averaging 111 in his last five. And the best thing is he's only playing high 70% time on ground. So um, I think, you know, there's people that you kind of start writing off now. He's only 26. Um, if you are having him, I reckon he'd be a lock to keep in your side next year. The Brisbane Lions midfield is pretty much set. No one's really coming back into it. You know, it's it's locked in. Yeah. So I reckon he is one that if you are holding on to, don't get sucked into a, a cheapy trade. I reckon he uh, will be good for next year for sure. The Lions midfield's got so much depth at the moment. It's stupid. Still, they're still scoring very well. It's crazy yeah uh eric hipwood he had 90 on the weekend and uh kicked five snags in a half in the last half to basically win it for the lions he's a basically classic key forward here so when he's scoring goals and marking he's a great scorer but when he's not he is poo look he's 21 years old what do you expect hef um you know is he one of the guys that we think you know is just a handy late pickup in a draft each year just to kind of chalk up your your stocks or you know is he got that potential that you kind of see in a lacocious type? He's got the potential to go a little bit better than what he's doing now. So mm. I think there's still rise for, uh, I guess, room for growth in him, uh, but not 
by too much, I don't think. So, yep. you, and you'll see plenty of these up and down type games. Yep. Definitely someone you could stream and uh, you could win you a game. And like like I said, I think you'll get a little bit better than this. Uh, but yeah, probably not the most consistent fantasy scorer he's going to be. Yep. Uh, Zach Bailey, there was a fair bit talked about him in the preseason, uh, that preseason hype. He had 45 from 83% time and ground back in his first game of the year. Um, he looked very poised, but um, was a bit handball happy on the weekend, which affected his scores. Oh, he, for me, is a bit of a project player for 2020. I hope he sticks in that line side for the rest of this season and we can see a bit more of what he's actually got in his uh, kit bag, I suppose. All right. Uh, I just want to say, don't stress Jared Barry owners. He was first uh, first up off a spell uh, and he came back in good time from the injury. So one of those ones who you might be looking at, you know, do I trade? He had a bad game or he's not going too well. Keep the faith with Jared. Uh, moving on to Melbourne, we've got Mitch Hannon. He had 77 from 15 touches and two goals. Um, he was aided by his seven marks, which is an actual PB in terms of marks for him. So don't expect stuff like that each year. Uh, each week, sorry. He's had four games on the trot now, but his ceiling just looks too low. Uh, he's only had a 99 career personal best, and I just don't think in Melbourne side he can be trusted. Uh, Christian Petraka, he had 77 from 90% time on ground. Speaking of can't be trusted, this guy is the dictionary definition. He started the game like an absolute house on fire and then fell off the cliff like, you know, I don't know, someone that fell off a cliff. Uh, look, he's basically what I kind of, him and Jade Gresham I've kind of penciled in the same mould you know you want to hope that though they both keep uh, forward DPP otherwise they're going to be a bit it's going to be a big decision to make at the end of the season Petraka promises the world and delivers, delivers an atlas and yeah if he doesn't keep forward status next year I, I can't see anyone why do you want to retain him Oh no, I think he does keep forward status for maybe one more season, but I don't know. Seventy-seven is still not the worst score for me. Yeah, but he's just one of those guys that you know people have um, put on such a pedestal, and he's yeah. nowhere near what that what he is. I think when you take him off that pedestal, though, his last month or so, six weeks have actually been pretty handy as mm-hmm. a forward. But you want him to, you know, you want him to get there and then tick over to that big score. Well, that's me anyway. He's basically like he's not too far off where like Jordan De is at right now, really. And we still, well, you rave over him. Well, he's younger than Petraka. Only just though. What, two years? One, two years? Yeah. Yeah. And so to go, he literally plays permanent forward. Yeah, I know. But like, he's where you'd kind of, like, as a forward, he's scoring pretty like. But he's not playing forward like Tagoe is, and Tagoe is basically outscoring him. <laughs> well, he's playing He's playing split time between half and like forward and midfield, but I don't know. I think he's just got to work into it as well. If like, you we've gave seen me Petraka of- or Tagoe, I'd be taking Tagoe every day of the week. Yeah, so would I. But, you know, he's just not that far off. And, mm. I don't know. Anyway, last one for this game, Stevie May, his third straight 70. Uh, look, he's just honest and consistent, and I do like that in these kind of defenders. He's only averaging four marks a game, uh, and I think that will lift once he kind of really snugs back into that back line there and I think we'll get into that mid 80s the good thing I did like about uh, his game he was taking a fair few of the kick-ins for Melbourne which is absolute gold and I think he's a great option for cover slash uh, consistent depth for this year and you know if you are hunting a flag he's one of those guys that could just you know you lock in for either cover or d5 and you're not going to be too disappointed uh, Hef the Fremantle Carlton game to finish us off Alright, first player for free I looked at was uh, Darcy Tucker. 103 points, 9 in disposals, 10 tackles and 1 goal. He improved his average uh, this year, um, like 11 points. So he's averaging 71 at the moment. He's 22 years old and plays mm-hmm. on a wing. I don't know, Case. Do you reckon there's any chance of him being fantasy relevant? Well, I kind of think there is. You know, like he's been tagging a lot this year and potentially yeah. with no crips in the side, he was actually you know, given the opportunity to free up a bit more and there wasn't, you know, necessarily someone they had to tag from Carlton. It didn't necessarily work because Carlton won. But... Um, 
I think he's got some ability. It's just going to be interesting to see how he goes for the rest of the year. You know, he's, he's in their side each week. So, you know, it's always good if you're picking people who are playing each week and locked in. Uh, Reese Conk had 96 uh, Dream Team points, 22 disposals, 8 tackles. He had 84 last week and he's running at a 77 average this season. If he can get his uh, score or his average up to 80, does that make him keeper worthy as a mid? Yeah, he's one of these guys in that same zone, isn't yeah. he? Um, he's probably your last kept player or something like that. You know, for us, if yeah. we're keeping 16, yeah. but the way my side's looking, he's definitely a keeper for me. Um, look, you know, uh, you know you want – I know you sometimes you want more from people or, you know, you try and – choose potential over, you know, consistent scores. But, yeah. you know, I think he can still kind of build on that. You know, he's not that old and, you know, he does the right things, tackles, he always gets his 20. You know, it's great to, to know you've got that on your side. I think it's like with if Connor Blakey was um, – Blakely, sorry, was in the team for uh, most of this season, we'd probably see more defending time out mm. of him, maybe get a DPP, which might yeah. change going forward. Well, you've got two months to try and hope yeah. he gets a back status, yeah. Uh, Ethan Hughes had 84 this week, but he's averaging 55. Probably not going to be fantasy relevant, but probably just uh, worth mentioning for mm-hmm. a good score. Uh, for Carlton, Caleb Marshbank had 92 points. Doesn't really do it very often, though, and my key defender rule he's rules f- him out. He's had a few good weeks lately, though, Marshbank. Yeah, he has, yeah, he has but still, I'm the key defender. Defender status doesn't uh, doesn't do things so for me. So key defenderist. I am. Uh, Levi Casbold, another one, 87 points, kicked a goal, 14 hitouts. He averages eight, so a little bit of a uh, little little you know few extra points above the average there. But yeah, another player just doesn't do it enough. But worth mentioning, these current players had a reasonable. So game we're, for we're them. talking about everyone who's had a good game and then is actually not relevant. Pretty much. Yeah, sweet. Just this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dale Thomas, another one, but uh, he had 86 points. He's probably no, relevant though. Get him in. Yeah, if you're chasing a flag. Get yeah, him exactly. In. You get him super cheap as well because no one wants him after this season. So no. he can get you, you know, an 80, you know, 80, 90 in a grand final uh, in the last week of uh, the fantasy season. So he's definitely someone good getting in if you are chasing that flag. Uh, Jack Silvani had 80 points and it was notable that he started tagging uh, Nat Fife uh, halfway through the game and that mm-hmm. kind of got him around the ball. So he had 15 touches and seven tackles there. With uh, Kerno out, he might play a bit more up forward this week. I'm not sure. He, he kind of mm-hmm. went back up forward towards the end. Yeah. Um, Probably not on my radar, but did look uh, did look okay this week. If he can, do, he can get that tagging role, he could be pretty handy. Never someone that's been on my radar, but yeah. I'd like to see a bit more if he. And Will Setterfield, uh, 80 points, nine disposals and six marks. He's averaged 80 from his past three. So just someone who was really disappointing, thought he was going to be, you know, breakout candidate this season. Uh, going forward, hopefully he can continue the form. If we saw this stuff earlier in the year, I reckon we would have been a lot more excited, but it's sure. coming a bit late. When do you kind of get to the point where you go, where you're writing him off for the rest of the year or, you know, for next year or, or that kind of thing? Does he need to put in a massive mass? Does he need to be notching up hundreds by the end of the year before he becomes a, you know, keeper prospect for next year? Or are you happy if you just, you know, you take him again at this kind of level? I'm taking him again at this kind of level just because you, you know, Carlton don't really offer too much in terms of the fantasy world. So, we'll hopefully they can improve next year and he can be a part of that and uh, bring that average up. So, for Will Setterfield, I'm, I'm a hold. What do you think? Uh, I want to see a bit more. Or, or, or I just want to see a big game, a couple hundreds out of his next eight games. Don't know if we'll get hundreds, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. That's what I want. All right, let's move on to From the Twos. Moving on to From the Twos, the segment where we look at the uh, State League scorers, 
See if we can find anyone with fantasy potential that could come into the seniors and get us some decent scores. Mm-hmm. Now, some guys in the twos that we're looking at, this this kid named Tom Rockliffe yeah. in the Sandful. <coughs> Have you heard of him before, Case? Uh, did he used to play for Brisbane? I think he did, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, anyway, he had a 203 fantasy points all. on yeah. the weekend. Yeah, uh, 57 touches, I think it was. And uh, I don't think I've ever had 57 touches in a season, let alone 57 in the game. No, I might have touched my beard 57 times, <laughs> uh, but that's about it. Um, Patrick Wilson uh, for the Crows had 167. That's equally as impressive. Surely they boot Bryce Gibbs and just give him a go. Yeah, uh, or poor Davis yeah. didn't have a great time on just the weekend. kick someone and get him in. I just want to mm-hmm. see what he can do. He played one or two games last season. Didn't do that much, but I oh know. What have they got to lose? Gibbs sucks. Uh, Justin Westhoff had 161. He kicked three goals, and you'd think he'd come back in because the Peter Laddams experiment did not work this S- week. Still perplexed as to why you've, you know, you've finally got Dixon in there and you don't have your best swingman slash wingman in the side just because he's old. I don't know why. It's because that coach is a dumb fuck, but we'll move on. Uh, Joe Atley uh, had 108. I don't think he's any close to pushing uh, to a senior recall, but decent numbers there. And big saucy Jacobs, 105. Also no chance of getting a spot back in the side with the form of Riley O'Brien. Correct. Uh, so we're looking at the VFL Big Tommy Campbell Jeezy's in good touch He had 147 And he's averaging 124 this year Which is great numbers But uh, still a long way off the spot it seems uh, Braden Proust Who is a massive chance to come in for uh, Maxi Gordon this week He's just coming off 130 So he could uh, find some big numbers in the AFL too Averaging 113 this season in the VFL Fantastic uh, Jamie McMillan He had 130 uh, Probably should come straight back in To the kangaroo side after his injury Jordan Sweet, great to see him uh, score well with 128. He's uh, on the dog side. Um, might be interesting to see how he kind of develops over the next few years. Uh, Jacob Townsend, uh, 119 from him. He's averaging 92 this year. Onto the knee for Matthew Flynn had 142. Dawson Simpson had 141. Nick Robertson had 140. That seems to be a bit of a theme here. Uh, Ryan Bassanak, though, didn't score in the 140s. He had 124. And Robbie Fox had 102, who's now averaging 124 this season in the knee If Tom Rockcliffe played knee what would he score? Uh, at least 300, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Waffle, Lloyd Meek, 140 from him. His best game for the season. And I think I read he got injured as well. So, wow. he had surgery or something today. Jeez, that's a fair effort. Yeah. Uh, Josh Smith, he's been fantastic in the Waffle. 129 from him. Mitch Crowden, 126. Jackson Merritt, 113. Tom North, 112. And Hamish Brayshaw, 111. All right, moving on to the captain's call. All right, on to the captain's call. So these guys might not be the top uh, captain options for the week, but due to historical data or recent form, we believe that they could get you a, a decent double score if you are to put the C on them and you've got uh, no one else above them. So I guess this one's no no surprise, but Tim Kelly's in some red-hot form. So mm-hmm. if you've got him, chuck a C on him. Same with Clayton Oliver. Zorko's form on the weekend. Geez, you would have loved to have a captain on him uh, yep. in that 143. Averages uh, 82 at the uh, Sydney Showground Stadium. So 
say. Uh, could go okay on the weekend. Scott Pendlebury is another one who has big games against both, I guess, against Hawthorne and at the MCG too, averaging both 100 in those. Uh, he's averaging 101 this season. Um, didn't have the best week last week with a 95, but uh, we still think due to that historical data, he could go okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Rory Sloan's another one. You know, week to week, he's always a good option, but also averages 102 against Port Adelaide. Does love a showy. Yeah, he does, and uh, loves Adelaide Oval too. Uh, Jared Witts, uh, a good captain option. Likewise, Elliot Yo and Braden Fiorini. Marcus Bontempelli averages 93 against Geelong and 92 at Marvel. Dusty Martin averages 113 against Gold Coast. Uh, Basha Hooli averages 95 against Gold Coast as well. So he's in some decent form. Well, we only had 72 last week, but his last uh, his last uh, five is 100 average. So could go okay there. The Silver Fox, Ricky Henderson, had a quiet one last week, uh, but we still think he'll bounce back against Collingwood this week. And he also averages 82 at the MCG. Rowan Marshall's in red hot form. Uh, so recently uh, in his last uh, three average, he's going at 111. So I wouldn't be afraid to stick a C on him. And uh, I reckon Sam Walsh is always good for a captain option, especially against Melbourne this yeah. week. And especially if he's holding up the midfield like he did last week for Carlton. Yeah, with Cripps out. I don't know the stats, but I just feel that if Port bringing back in Justin Westoff, he's a showdown specialist. He could be anything too. So if you just really want to go left field, that's my gut feel take of this weekend. He's, none of our players are any good case. It's uh, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, seriously, there's just tears everywhere in Hef's living room. It's crazy. We're drowning in here. It's like a sea. All right. If you want uh, to get your hands on either the state league numbers or the projections that we use to get the captain's call up and about uh jump onto our patreon page patreon.com slash keeper league pod lots of bonus material in there also a weekly waiver wire episode that we uh, upload exclusively for our patreon subscribers we've got the under 18 championships uh, numbers coming up as soon as the uh, competition is over it runs over a few weeks this time uh so we'll get the numbers up for that and uh yeah and then going forward we'll have uh, all the state league stuff for the draftees when they're done and all that sort of things so yeah if you're keen for that we go right through the off season and uh, keep things up to date so jump on i'll go repeat the url again uh, patreon.com slash keeper league pod and gain access to all those bonus stats on to the listener tweets All right, on to the favourite segment of the week, saving the best for last, the listener tweets. Uh, first up, Kays, we've got a question from Jake Thresher via Facebook. It's not a tweet. Uh, we, With reports around St Kilda interested in bringing in another ruck, to what degree do you think it's safe to invest in Marshall being your ruck future? And just some speculation, if you had some value and were going to lean into the rebuild, what young player would you target for each position back? Center right forward. Right, yeah, so I'll start off with the first bit. Well, I think there's so much value with uh, Marshall as a genuine gun ruckman. So you look at his numbers this year. He's had seven tons this season, going at 16.6 touches a game, which shows he covers the ground exceptionally well and basically uh, gets four tackles a game as well. So if you're talking about young rock stocks, I see him basically as a better Tim English at this stage. No just, shit. Uh, well, just he's, <laughs> no, but the thing I've always liked about Tim English, which I talk about, is he gets the ball around the ground. Like he's almost like a shitter Broder 
Brody Grundy kind of thing. So if I bang on as much about Tim English and I'm saying that Marshall's better, I think he's fantastic. He's a bigger, stronger bloke. He's going to win more ruck hitouts, but he is still getting around the ground and getting those touches and tackles. So I don't think that St. Kilda will be bringing in any, anyone that's going to be better than Ron Marshall, to be honest with you, because he's just set their team on fire this year. Well, I think he's saying, what if they bring in longer or something like that and they have to share ruck duties? I so do his numbers diminish? No, nah, I don't think so. No, nah, neither. Well, there's around the ground numbers. He might lose a few hitout numbers, yeah. um, but those around the ground numbers should remain. And they're going to plonk him up forward and get it, keep him on the ground because he's an actual match winner. Yeah. All right. And what about uh, potential going forward at each position? What do you think? Yeah. So I've got a few here uh, for backs. If um, Hunter Clark can get a run on it, I think he's worth it. Josh Battle, we touched on earlier. Um, Lockie Weller's actually been pretty consistent up at Gold Coast, not necessarily setting the world on fire yet, but once uh, their team kind of develops a bit he might kind of get a bit more midfield time and go from there for defenders uh, for me i was just thinking uh probably uh, Braden maynard mm-hmm. or mason redmond as yeah. well you might be able to get on the cheap because they're not quite there at that primo yeah. level yet but i reckon they can take the next step in the next couple of years redmond slow build for sure uh bailey smith in the center and i think ed langdon's a bit undervalued as well uh for me Haley, you've probably got no chance of getting in but he's uh, gonna be decent obviously uh jackson ross is it jackson ross or jack ross Are they jackson. different people jackson yep. ross uh for richmond the one i'm talking about anyway uh you know injured at the moment had a pretty decent score a lot of contested numbers he might not be you know going to be a huge huge fantasy scorer but mm-hmm. she'll be that 9500 plus super handy to have in your midfield and uh jared berry i think as well someone who's down a bit at the moment only averaging around that 80 mark if you you're willing to give up something you probably had to get him as well and i think he'll be good going forward uh, as of with Rikes, obviously Tim English, my boy. But if you can get Scott Lyser, I think if Ryder's gone next year, he could just go big. He's obviously showing he can play one out and score very well, Hef. I think you just got little chance of getting either of them. Those owners are probably going to have to take a lot to to get them get them off him, I guess. Hmm. Uh, for me, just Sean Darcy, I think, uh, at the moment, because Lobb's probably going to come back as well and eat a few of those numbers. But I think in the long term, Darcy will probably end up as their number one ruck. Mm-hmm. And uh, going forward, I think he should be decent with fantasy. Uh, and for forwards, uh, Paddy Lipinski, obviously big fan of him. Sam petreski Seaton still kind of se- seemed to fly under a radar a bit. And Darcy McPherson also uh, quite handy. Yeah, for me, uh, I think Jaden Stevenson, you can probably get pretty cheap at yep. the moment. Uh, not playing for the rest of the spe- season, especially if the person who's holding him kind of needs someone to play. Uh, you could get him quite cheap for an older gun, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and Connor Rosie, I think over time is going to be good. And someone you could probably get cheap because he's only averaging the 70s. And p- some people might not be too sure about his fantasy potential but I think it'd be good going forward. So there are a few, I guess, for each position that we think, uh, yeah, it could be handy going forward and probably people that you should be starting to target mm-hmm. that you have a realistic chance of getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, tweet from at Time Miller. Chol, flash in the pan or a stashable ruck for the future? Yeah, for me, probably flash in the pan. Just what mm-hmm. I saw against the Crows probably didn't stack up uh, too highly there. And, um, you know, with the big Nank the Tank coming back, what do you think, Case? Yeah, I think he, when when Nankervis comes back in and Soldo probably is second there, and you've got to remember that he got absolutely monstered by Rob two weeks ago, who's, you know, still just kind of finding his feet there. Guys in all Australian form. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> imagine what happens when he comes up against the gun like Brody Grundy or Tim English, you know? <laughs> or oh, Tim English. Jeez, he'd get a million hit outs like Scott Lyson did on the week. Correct. Uh, at Bagels 4, who benefits from Caleb Daniels' injury? Suckling? Question mark. Dare I say it? Bailey Williams? Well, I'm You're praying Bailey for Bailey. Fan. But uh, as I did say earlier, I think Rourke Smith said that it was him and Williams who are running through their wings at the moment. And I do necessar- I do definitely think that Williams' best position is halfback flank. But, you know, Luke Beveridge just does what he wants. And, you know, it really could be anyone. Like, it could be Suckling, Crozier, um, Jure. It's really so hard to predict who's kind of, you know, 
going to take any of those points or time. All right, Dave at Needs and FUIC, a Farmers Unionised Coffee by the looks. Genius tag. Uh, thoughts on Jack Silvani pickup, tagging roll on the weekend, pulled out an 80. Talked about this just before. I just want to see how he goes with Kernow out. Uh, yep. If he has to go back up permanent forward, he might uh, might struggle a bit. Mm, yeah, I tend to agree. Just one week of an 80 is not, you know, necessarily making me stand up and take notice. If that uh, tagging roll does become a constant, then have a look, but just wait off. Hold off for a second. Sure. Uh, at Dan K 101 hey, guys, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this trade I just made. I traded Jack Martin for McGrath and Haitley. I'm happy with that, especially getting Haitley, who I think will be a big scorer for many years. Well, have to quote one of the great films of all time, which is Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. It's a deal. It's a steal. It's sale of the fucking century. You have got yourself one of the all-time great trades I could ever think of. Yeah. Did you get away with that robbery or did the cops catch up with you afterwards? Because, uh, yeah, no, you've actually absolutely uh, robbed yeah, this guy. So. Seriously. Yeah, I don't know how you've done that, but well done. You have out-weaseled the King Weasel. Look, Jack Martin is actually a good forward. Oh, yeah. Uh, like he's, he's decent. But, and McGrath, you know, probably not showing the showing the best at the moment, but he's got potential. But I reckon just ha- getting Haitley out of that is yeah. huge. Haitley and, uh, and Andy McGrath is going to be a backman for yeah. another year or two, you know, who's yeah. scoring, you know, 80s. That's just genius. Yeah, it's kind of like when people are trading away, like Tim Taranto uh, started last year and things mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. it's just, yeah, silly move. You hang on to guys like that. Uh, at Trav014, Dale Travis, 22 tackles. Cows walked over on the weekend. Surely it's Wilson time. And thoughts on Nick Hine. Handy rookie spot for next year. Hef, what are your thoughts on your boy Wilson? Oh, we talked about this in the last uh, podcast. Um, yeah, surely they should give him a go, I think, over, especially if they you know, can give Gibbs a go mm. with what he's been serving up. Uh, surely you can find a spot for Patrick Wilson. Kays, what do you think about Nick Hine? Well, he's... 24, so he was a mature age recruit this year. And looking back on his numbers, he only averaged 80 in the VFL last season. So I think he's a no thanks to me. Like, uh, he had a bit of hype preseason, but it was all, um, uh, AFL fantasy style. So, um, just fantasy because classic. he was, yeah, classic because he was that big, bog- big body player and mature. So yep. as a handy rookie spot, I- I'd say no. Uh, Russ, 2468. I'm in an eight team. 5715 with four emergencies and eight on the bench. No one is trading to cover deficiencies slash injuries as we we have eight waiver picks. What do you think about extending the bench to soak up players that are usually drafted to encourage trading? May also lead to some long-term holds. Hef, as a former commissioner, what are your thoughts on this pickle? Well, I think what we do is probably the correct way to go about it, and that's we, yeah, extend the bench, but we also get rid of the waiver pickups. Mm -hmm. So once our draft is over, you cannot... You know, the game's, the game's set. Anyone in the waiver pool stays in the waiver pool. Yep. And this leads to, yeah, trading. Well, most of the time, we're not trying to uh, absolutely screw each other over. Correct. But it also um, it also leads to some gems being there for your number one draft mm-hmm. pick. So, a couple of years ago, Witherden was there. Sam Walsh with number one uh, this year. But people that you don't necessarily – well, people that get overlooked. So, at the moment, we've got Sydney Stack sitting there who's scoring really well, who should go close to a first round, you know, yeah. first draft pick and next year. And okay blokes like Josh Battle or, yeah. you know, um, Dave Cunningham, these kind of guys. You know, who, yep. who will probably be picked up, you know, at this time, you know, looking forward. Whereas at least there's a bit of excitement going into next year's draft because there's always been those guys who have good, you know, back ends of the season or, yep. you know, weren't noted. So, so I, I, I agree with you there, Hef. Yep. Tip is to extend the bench and get rid of the waivers. 
And the last one, Nicholas James via Facebook. Will Darcy Parrish keep forward status next year? You're the Bombers man, Kays. Yeah, what do you think? I'd have to have a real good look at the heat maps, but from the eye, I would say no. He's been playing a lot more wing midfield, so uh, he's probably one that's going to lose that, I would think. I haven't managed to see any Essendon games for the past three weeks, so I don't know. I assumed he'd still be playing forward, but uh, no. Nah, by the, you're right, by the heat maps, I did have a look today. He does look like he's running around the guts a bit more. That's not good for Parrish owners. All right, no iTunes reviews this week. Uh, that's a bit sad. So if you've got some time, jump on iTunes and give us a five star and, you know, preferably say some nice things about us mm. um, or just say something funny that we can read out on the podcast. <laughs> I don't really mind as long as that five star goes through. Uh, so I guess we'll wrap it up from there. So uh, follow us on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Head to our website, keeperleaguepod.com.au. Patreon page is mentioned earlier, but we'll mention it again, patreon.com slash keeperleaguepod. Uh, look out for all the new stuff that's going to be up there in terms of the under-18s championships and yeah anything else from you Case? Nah all that stuff's going to be great get your head start on next season uh, get all the info before all your league mates do um, really get into the crunch time of the year in both real football and fantasy football only a month left of fantasy football if you're not contending the finals so you know make the next month count in terms of trades I think try and uh, get a few cheapies alright thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week see ya <laughs>